Hello, and welcome back to The Empowered Resilient Woman, a podcast that supports all women on the journey to becoming their most resilient self in life and in business. I'm your host, Kimberly Smith. Woo, we are here in February. Um, I don't know about you, but January was a whirlwind. Uh, I just want to thank everybody who showed up for the YouTube launch, who's been subscribing to the YouTube channel such a blessing. Thank you so much. Um, and so, yeah, you know, things in January were just a little crazy. You know, I needed more grounding than I thought headed into this year. So if that also was you, then we are right there together. So we're here now in February, coming up on mid-February. Like what is time? It just, you know, it gets weirder and weirder as you get older. It just flies by. But, you know, this month is traditionally all about love and Valentine's Day and, uh, I mean, the Super Bowl's today. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's about that. But you know what I mean? Like, everybody associates Valentine's Day and love with the month of February. But today I want to talk about self-love, what it really means to love ourselves in our daily lives as we go through the challenges and the cycles of life and how we can really show up for ourselves by establishing some daily non-negotiables that help us manage the stress in our lives, reduce the pressure, and just enjoy things more, right? So, you know, the concept of self-love, it really can seem a bit vague, a bit surface level. And it I feel like it gets this airy-fairy, wishy-washy, maybe even like a little bit superficial reputation out in the mainstream culture. So that begs the question, like what is real self-love? Kind of like self-care, right? Like we have to get used to redefining these things for ourselves because that is really how we own our lives, right? We cannot just go by the definitions, the cultural definitions and associations, because that might not be what it means to us. So this is really me sharing you, sharing with you what real self-love is to me. So I encourage you to evaluate these things and really see if that's aligned with who you are. And if it's not, then redefine it, right? So, you know, for me, real self-love starts with reflecting, reflecting and being radically honest with myself about my actions and behaviors. It's kind of building that awareness around my own behavioral patterns and having the humility and the courage to work on reprogramming those self-subconscious things, right? So that we can shift them, so that I can shift them. And for me, self-love has also meant making a commitment to do life differently, uh, it was a long time ago, <laughs> probably since I was born, that I realized I am not like everybody else out there. And you probably feel like that too, to some extent. We are all unique. And that's one of the most beautiful things, but it can also feel really, really isolating, right? Um, because we're surrounded by messaging that tells us that we need to be a certain way. So, you know, there's a lot of empowerment that comes out of the commitments that you make to yourself to be authentic, to live life the way that you want to live it. And that all feeds into the power of the collective, right? When we show up in our authenticity. So, you know, to me, self-love is really a lifestyle. It's having this self-respect, this compassion for yourself and prioritizing yourself, not just when it's easy, 
But when it's really hard, when something, when, you know, you're on your last nerve, when you're on the brink of burnout all the time, authenticity is a part of that, right? You can't talk about self-love without talking about authenticity and really bringing your true self into daily life. Living by your values is a huge part of that. And if you do that, then it's so much easier to make authentic, soul-aligned choices, even when it's hard. You know, examples of this might be, you know, leaving a job that you really love because you have a toxic boss or because you feel like you've outgrown it. Maybe you love your boss and maybe you love the people you work with, but you just feel stagnant, right? It's hard to make that choice to leave that place that's been so supportive and you want to be loyal and you feel torn in these different directions, right? Well, you have to follow what feels right to you. And if you feel like you have reached the end of your growth path at that place of employment or wherever it is, it's time to move on. It's the same when you're in an unhealthy relationship or maybe there's a friendship that's just not lighting you up anymore. It's hard, but you know it, it does pay off if you make those choices. You feel better. You feel the sense of relief. That's part of self-love. Self-love is trusting that inner wisdom, that intuition that you know something needs to change, right? Or that you know something is meant for you. Um, and like I said, you know, that kind of goes along with evaluating the places and the spaces and the company that you're keeping. Self-love is also managing your time and your energy, having boundaries, knowing your limits, what's worth your time and energy and what's not. <laughs> And prioritizing those acts of self-love and nurturing and self-care, integrating self-care into your life. I still feel like there's like this separateness that comes when people talk about self-care and how they approach it in their own lives. And it seems like they have this perspective that you really need to carve out time that's just solely for self-care. Right. And yes, while that is part of it and can be a style, I am a huge advocate and a firm believer that we can integrate self care into our daily lives, daily, weekly, monthly, right? Like doing something for yourself once a month is just not enough. <laughs> it's just not going to cut it. Right. And you don't feel the relief from that. The idea behind self care and self nurturing is that. You are regulating your nervous system, right? You are grounding yourself. So, you know, while some things may be monthly and, you know, once in a while, a couple times a year, that's not really going to cut it. So, you know, you need to prioritize things beyond your basic needs, right? But although that that's a thing too, a lot of people aren't even prioritizing their basic needs. You know, I talked to so many women who aren't getting enough sleep, who aren't drinking enough water, who aren't moving their body enough, right? Like this is a lifestyle. That's why I'm saying self-love is a lifestyle where you are showing up for yourself and you have these daily non-negotiables. You know, then, then there's this whole other world too of hobbies and new interests and expressing your creativity, which all goes into the same bucket. But beyond that, right, is creating these experiences in your own life that really matter, whether that's within your community or your church congregation or traveling, and then making it a point to celebrate yourself. You know, accomplishing goals is a great feeling, not just to brag or seek that external validation, but to practice healthy self 
pride. People think that pride is such a negative thing that we shouldn't be proud of ourselves. It's one of the things that I share with my clients all the time and happens within that coaching container is that we celebrate every freaking milestone, right? Like you need to get used to being proud of yourself, celebrating yourself, because honestly, not a lot of other people in your life are going to celebrate you. And that might be a hard truth, right? Some, a lot of people too say that they feel self-conscious about sharing their wins and sharing their accomplishments because they, they don't want people to think that they're bragging or whatever, right? But man, if the people in your life can't be happy for you, mm, well, that's a, that's a whole nother conversation about evaluating the company that you keep. But the feeling of accomplishing something, the feeling of being proud of yourself is proof to yourself. It's proof to your subconscious, uh, which helps rewire and recalibrate your nervous system that you can do hard things. When you consistently show up for yourself in and, and you see the positive impact on your self-image and your self-worth, it helps just create this whole new version of you. It helps create a whole new sense of confidence, and it makes you more resilient to stress. That, that in itself, right? Creating this new lifestyle, committing to these whatever daily non-negotiables you need in your life to express your love to yourself, it's all working for the greater good. Life is <laughs> a learning moment in itself, right? Just we are here to learn, no doubt. And at least in my life, I've I've seen recurring themes and the people that I work with and the people that I know, there are recurring themes that we encounter in life. And we need to have this toolbox of resources and skills that serve us during those challenging times. Self-love and self-nurturing are just a couple of those tools that we absolutely need. They are simple on the surface, but in our busy and demanding world, we can always use more practice. <laughs> I mean, that's all I got to say. Um, life is our teacher. You know, so many of us have that question that comes to the surface, like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Our purpose is to learn. Our purpose is to get to know ourselves. That's all of our purpose, you know, and we don't just have one purpose, but life is our teacher. And we will keep coming up against similar circumstances if we're doing the same thing over and over again, there's these patterns in our life that I think we're all really susceptible to, right? Like living for that external validation instead of our own values. That's where we find a lot of our, um, when we become stagnant and we take inventory, a lot of times we're just not living for ourselves. We're not making soul aligned choices. We're trying to align ourselves with, with the what we think the world wants of us. You know, so that's a pattern. Prioritizing other people and things over our own well-being. As women, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, we all do this. Hiding our authentic self, not living our truth. The the whole existing in corporate America, existing in our communities, you know, thinking that we need to be certain things, really stifling are the way that we show up and the way that we shine that is not serving us that is not living our truth and you know sometimes we don't realize that there's all of these things these recurring themes that we're up against but maybe we haven't really had that breakthrough yet maybe we haven't seen that yet 
And sometimes it can feel like we're being tested. It can feel like we just can't catch a break. And there's always something changing. There's always something, quote, going wrong. And it can feel tough to keep up, right? This is why, you know, here on the podcast and in my coaching, like we center so much of our work around self-love and self-care and recalibrating your nervous system and stress management because there are there's so much shit out there that you need to deal with, right? And you've got to keep going. The people that you love and that love you, they need you in their life. And I guess I what I'm saying is that I'm a firm believer that if things keep going wrong, if you feel like you're on this hamster wheel and you can't catch up and you keep running into these same scenarios and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> That is a call to action, to evaluate, to come back to that reflection part of self-love and take inventory, right, of our life. You know, one of the biggest themes that kind of recurs in our life is, quote, called the hero's journey. And this is like a mythic structure. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but it's by Joseph Campbell. And he created this the idea of the hero's journey. They use it a lot in storytelling and writing and film production. And there are 12 steps to the hero's journey. And I feel like it's so relatable to real life. And so I want to just briefly kind of go through this. The hero's journey starts with, quote, the ordinary world, right? Like, what is life now in its existence, and then we get this call to adventure, right? This call to a challenge or to step up, or maybe it comes in the form of an opportunity. And at first we might refuse that call. We, we might resist it because we have some underlying fear about, are we going to be able to do this? Is this really the right choice? Am I supposed to be moving in this direction? And so then comes when we really ask for help, we accept, we're able to accept support from say a mentor or, you know, somebody in our life, maybe it's God, right? You know, and once we're able to accept that support, then we can really start initiating that positive change. So we can kind of take those few steps forward and along the path of this hero's journey, right? You're going to come up against who your allies are and who your enemies are, right? Who are the people trying to stifle your progress? And you're going to have to kind of get dig deep for faith in the unknown, right? And letting your faith and your intuition lead and building that self-trust, right? All of this kind of builds up in this hero's journey to the great ordeal, as he calls it. And the great ordeal, right, is like the fight of all fights. It's like when we slay the dragon, right, and we come out on top and we get this reward. And then we have to travel back, right? So we've got the, the hero's journey into the unknown. And then we have to turn around and go home. We have to come back into our lives and integrate what we've learned and and we're not the same though, right? We're not the same person, but we still have to learn how to exist within the same elements. And that's kind of that resurrection. And we come back and we've got what he calls the, we return with the elixir, right? Which is like the magic antidote and we share it with people. And that's, you know, the wisdom and the knowledge. But the thing is like, we are the hero of our own story. We are the hero along that journey. And there's always going to be new challenges and obstacles and fears to overcome. And, you know, we are on this constant path of 
challenge. And we are always going to be the hero who comes through, who grows, who perseveres and makes it to the other side, transfigured, transformed with more wisdom to share, with more resilience, with more tools. So, you know, I just want to share that because it's like, you know, I think, you know, at least in my own life, (laughs) there are cycles, there are patterns and we have to pay attention to them. We have to love ourselves through those toughest parts because we are, we are our own best friend, right? You hear it all the time. It sounds fucking cheesy, but like we are, you have to learn how to love your own company and to not be codependent or reliant on anything external from yourself because everything that you need is already with you. That being said, there's ways that we can support ourselves, right? You know, yes, we have the knowledge. We know what we need. And if we don't know what we need, we need to ask ourselves those questions so that we can gain some clarity around it. And not just gain clarity around it, but once you get the answers, once you have clarity, then you got to implement the shit. (laughs) Then you got to do the damn thing. So, you know, it's one thing to think about our life and compare it to the hero's journey from this bird's eye perspective. And it's another to kind of zoom in and think about the tools that we are going to take along the way that we are going to rely on. So, you know, maybe you haven't ever thought of what your daily non-negotiables are. I think about it all the time, (laughs) probably because it's just, I'm always in my head. I'm always in my heart. I'm always in my emotions, very emotional person over here. (laughs) And that's a superpower, right? If you can tap into your emotions and you can really understand what you need. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to share with you my 11 daily non-negotiables. Now you don't have to have a certain number of daily non-negotiables. There is no right or wrong answer. Yours don't have to look like mine. I hope they're different and vast. And, you know, seriously, if you follow me on social media and you do this exercise, like I would love to know what some of your daily non-negotiables are for stress management. But first and foremost for me is a morning routine. Like I need to do something to set the tone for my day. And this is like, the first act of self-love. This is the first opening act of self-love. The first thing that I do in the morning. Lately, it's been stretching because I've been waking up with lower back pain. Not so fun. Uh, And I think it's just because I am going through another transformation and dealing with some stress. So my body is holding that. You know, it's the tension is holding in my body. So I roll out of bed. I literally just roll onto the floor and start doing some stretches and roll into child's pose. It's like that first act of surrender to the day as well. It's been so humbling and beautiful and sometimes makes me cry because it's just exactly what I need in that moment that like, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to approach this day with strength, but I'm also going to be vulnerable and I'm going to be soft and I'm going to be gentle with myself. And it's this reminder to not force myself beyond my limits, to to remember what my capacity is. The second thing that I do is like a daily vibe check. Like what is my current state of mind? How do I feel? How do I feel about myself? How do I feel about the day? Do I have any worries, concerns? Just kind of tapping into my current state. Number three is I got to feel comfortable in my clothes. I have been in a serious rebellion against jeans. (laughs) I have been in a serious rebellion against anything that 
feels uncomfortable. So a lot of times it's athleisure or uh, just something that I feel good in, right? You know, some days I feel great putting a pair of, you know, jeans on or dressing up a bit. And that's, that's the vibe, right? It can really get you in the right headspace, but I've got to be comfortable in my clothes. Number four is I need some vibey music. You know, when I'm on the way to drop off my daughter, when I'm on the way to my office, I am singing, I am belting, whatever that I'm in the mood for. And, you know, singing is so great for a lot of reasons, um, but it actually stimulates your vagus nerve, which is uh, the longest nerve in your body and responsible for stress management responses. So if you like to belt it out like I do, and then you're like, oh man, I always feel fucking better after I get a sing session, there is a reason for that, right? Number five is nourishing meals. I need a good breakfast. I need to look forward to meals. Uh, I w- just love to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want to eat crap. I want to eat good, wholesome foods. Um, I do a lot of my own like meal prepping, like breakfast prep, making like chia puddings and, you know, egg casseroles and things like that, that are really easy so that they're already done, right? Like they're already set. Number six is supplements. I take a lot of vitamins and just make sure, making sure that I'm supplementing my nutrition with the vitamins and minerals that I really require. Um, you'll, y'all probably know if you've been following me for a long time, magnesium is a wonder miracle, um, we're actually going to do a episode all around supplements that's definitely on the schedule for the season because I think supplements is something that can feel really overwhelming and confusing for a lot of people. It's taken me years to kind of figure out you know, what I really want to integrate into my uh, daily routines and what I need, done some experimenting with things. So yes, we're going to talk about that. Number seven. This might be one of the most important things, one of my most important daily non-negotiables for stress management is having room in my calendar to move things around. And I call this aligned flexibility. I talk to my clients about it. You know, a, a pattern that a lot I see in a lot of people is that they're literally overbooking themselves like from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And then, of course, you come home and you've got to start that second shift if you have a family and children and all of that. And it's exhausting, right? Like it's just unsustainable to have yourself booked around the clock like that. So there's got to be breaks and buffers and like you really just can't have that many things on your calendar in general just to kind of give you that breathing room and feel like you have some freedom right in between your appointments to be in a more authentic flow right like i had this conversation with a client the other day for time management like you need a calendar babe you need to have some type of system that you are constantly coming back to checking in with like you know so that you don't really have to think about okay what comes next but also, you need some of the flexibility that's there. If we are too tied to our schedule and like every have something every single minute, then we're just going to rebel against it because it just feels too restricting. Number eight, mental breaks every 90 minutes, like without fail, get up, walk around, do something, lollygag, like whatever the fuck you want, right? Like you're an adult, like you don't need to be chained to your desk. You don't need to be chained to whatever that you're doing that day. Like decide in a whim, you know, that's the, those are those small moments of joy that you can like pack into your day. Number nine is turning work off at 5 PM. 
or earlier. <laughs> I've I've been known to do it earlier. <laughs> For me, I like to get shit done in the in the early hours of the day. And honestly, by like 2:30, most of the time I'm fucking done. Like I am picking up my daughter from school or doing like some end of the day project that I can just, you know, cut off early, you know, 3:30, 4 o'clock at the latest. Um, because I'm tired by then. Like I have put in enough hours and Five, that 5 p.m. cutoff is so important. I think that just having firm boundaries between your work life and your personal life, it's it's refreshing. It allows you to compartmentalize, to detach from technology. And that's actually number 10 for me is disconnecting from technology. We are in front of our computers and phones and all of the things and you know your Apple Watch. Like I resisted having an Apple watch for so long. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love it now. I love it. There are so many great things. And then there are times where I literally like want to rip it off and throw it across the room because I feel like I'm like having uh, an ankle bracelet on, like I'm a prisoner. Right? Like So disconnecting from technology is for sure, for sure, one of my daily non-negotiables is creating some space where I can just not have to think about being in front of a screen, right? And just doing something more relaxing, reading or meditating or just, you know, whatever it might be. Number 11 is having some type of evening routine, right? A lot of the times I'm making dinner, you know, cleaning up things, decluttering. That always feels good to kind of get things back in place for the night. And then I'm in my pajamas, like doing my skincare. You know, I've got like, you know, I love to do the gua sha. I've got like facial cupping things, which are so good. Um, you know, doing some type of what anything that makes me feel good, right? I've been trying to get back to reading. I've also tried to enjoy cooking a lot more because I think that I started to really see cooking meals and like dinner is like such a nuisance. And it dawned on me that that is a mindset that I am absorbing, that I am accepting, that I'm taking on. And like, I love to cook. Like I, or at least I used to love to cook. And, you know, amidst the day to day, something that I really enjoyed started to get a bit sour. And so I don't know when it kind of came to me, but I realized that, all right, I need to maybe adjust this because I'm dreading that time of day. I'm not being proactive in planning or prepping what I need. And then that is a setup for me to eat something that's maybe not the best. Um, And that's a pattern and a routine that I don't want to get into. So how can I shift this? How can I set myself up to really have more fun and to enjoy this time of the day more. So, you know, oftentimes I'll pour myself some kombucha and a wine glass and that sets the vibe. Sometimes I'll, you know, put on some music or a funny podcast and listen to that while I'm cooking, right? And that alone, right? Like those two simple things is like, okay, making myself like a fun mocktail and then also putting on something fun to listen to totally shifts the energy around that chore um, or task. And it's been really, really beneficial. So that's been part of my evening routine as well. But, you know, the morning and evening routines, they're kind of like these end caps on your day. And I find it to be super helpful. And I've probably said this before, but like your routines don't always have to be the same. The word routine, you know, indicates that like you're doing like A, B, C, D, like the same 
A, B, C, D every single morning or every single night. And honestly, I don't operate by that mentality either. I just make sure I'm doing something from like the list of things that I know feel good to me at that time of day, you know, and mash it up together. Like every day might be a different mashup and that's all right. If you're getting some type of nourishing acts into your life, like so that you can prepare for a good night's sleep or so that you can set the tone of your day before it gets started, that's the most important thing. That's all it has to be. <laughs> that's the purpose of it. So, you know, don't make it so restricting or don't feel like, oh, well, if it's not, you know, what so-and-so is doing or whatever, right? Like make it your own. Stress is just always going to be coming up in our lives, right? You know, any transition in life or career or in business, whether it's expected or not expected, it's going to trigger additional stress. It's so important that we practice loving and caring for ourselves on a daily basis and that we build awareness around the recurring themes and the situations in our life that we're coming up against, right? On our hero's journey. You know, what these themes and situations mean really depends on what you think they're teaching you, right? What are those situations trying to show you? If you feel like you're stuck in whatever type of cycle or, you know, just things keep going wrong, take inventory, what's working and what needs to change. That is a foundational piece of personal development, of stress management and building resilience, in order to prevent ourselves, right, from getting trapped in those cycles of stress and burnout, we have to kind of have daily non-negotiables, things that we are like, you know what? No, these are my boundaries. This, this, These things allow me to meet my own needs. And maybe that's an act of self-care or self-love or however you manage your stress and really regulate your, your nervous system and whatever helps you feel calm. Those are the things that you need more of. Those are the things that prove to yourself and ingrain in your subconscious that you're worthy of more, that you are worthy of feeling good and enjoying your life, regardless of what challenges you're encountering. Okay. So that is a wrap. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, if you've been enjoying the podcast, take a screenshot, share it on social media, share the love. You can tag me on Instagram. That's the where I hang out the most at Kimberly.brook.smith. I appreciate it so, so much. We all need new resources in our life. So, you know, spreading the good word, you're gonna, you know, reach somebody who's needing it. Um, and yeah, just know that I appreciate you so much. Thanks for being here. If you haven't already, take a peep over to uh, at the Empowered Resilient Woman on YouTube and subscribe. Um, it'll probably be a couple weeks after the live audio that the videos are available on YouTube, you know, getting into a new groove there. We're doing our best. I'm shifting a lot of things in my world. So, um, but I'm going to keep showing up for you, for myself, for everybody. I love this podcast. It's been such a joy and I'm really looking forward to all of the ideas and things that I have in store for season two. So thanks so much for being here and I will see you soon. Keep shining.